Data tells us that there are 288,000 homeless in the UK. That equates to one in every 200. And that it's far cheaper to prevent someone from becoming homeless than it is to intervene when they do become homeless. In 2019, there were 778 deaths which were attributed to homelessness in the UK. Whose responsibility is homelessness? Local authorities, governments, churches, charities? Or is it simply the fault of the individual who finds themselves homeless? Join our weekly podcast to hear fascinating truths from across the globe, going beyond points of view and opinion. This is The Truth According to Fact. Revealing the truth through facts. There are lots of groups and individuals who are actively trying to manage and prevent homelessness in the UK. Today we welcome Stuart from Amazing Grace Spaces, who, from their base in South Wales, have been actively involved in the housing, support and recovery of the homeless. Welcome along, Stuart. So grateful that you've decided to join us today. Well, thanks for the invitation, Pete. Would you be able to tell me where your journey with Amazing Grace Spaces all began? Yeah, many, many years ago. Uh, Too many years to think about, but um, I got saved... After I met my wife. Right. Um, she was already a Christian. Um, come from a, a background, uh, family had a business, etc. Worked in the business. Um, started at the bottom, worked up, uh, carried on. Uh, God blessed us. Uh, we got married. We had three children. Um, from then... Uh, we went to a couple of different churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly didn't change from one church to the other, but God moved us in at particular times. Right. And we had our third child and um, an organization called Teen Challenge came to Newport. And from there, uh, it was difficult because we had the baby small. But as after about a year, uh, we decided to go on the training program. Okay. Uh, to do outreach within Newport. All right. Uh, so it was working with the homeless, those with uh, addictions, and uh, just basically giving them a, a coffee and a, a chat. Okay. And that carried on for quite a few years. I was in business, got there when I could. Um, my wife, Caroline, uh, was able to do a lot more, got more involved. Um, then in around about the year 2000, I think, uh, sadly in Newport, the organization had gone quite low. Right. And uh, Caroline was asked to take over. Uh, during this time, I used to support her with whatever I could do mm-hmm. in the time I had. And obviously we had a family. Uh, from there, it it got bigger and bigger. Right. Uh, to the point where um, my wife is excellent at it. She actually did an um, interview with all the different guys that were on the streets and said to them, what do you want? Mm-hmm. They came back and said, we can get food, we can get clothing, but in the coldest winter months, we couldn't find anywhere to sleep other than doorways. Right. That's when we, with Jade, 
a colleague of ours, uh, we set up the Newport Night Shelter. Right. Uh, that was excellent and really changed it. We worked with 14 churches. That gave us uh, a different perspective. We uh, not only saw people, talked to people and what have you, but we were helping them to move on mm. from where they were. Uh, it used to run for four months. We ran it for six years. Right. Until we passed on to another organization. Right. Uh, as I said, we were working with 14 uh, different churches, different denominations, which was extremely interesting. Mm. And we, from there, came to a point where we needed something for these people to move into. Yeah. Uh, had no money like most of the projects we've ever done. Uh, looked around and said, what can we do? How can we get accommodation? So we then looked at uh, module homes. Right. Um, converting shipping containers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we did, uh, prayed about it. Somebody gave us one to play with. Okay, excellent. Uh, we trialed it and uh, did everything. I think I know about every screw that was put into it. Mm-hmm. Um from that, we just started talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it then became quite obvious that we needed to actually take that on as a proper organization. Right. Um, we just felt that there was more to it mm-hmm. and much bigger and not just centered in and around South Wales. Mm. So we kept on going. Um Expanded. Uh, then we had um, two organisations, uh, one council and one uh, housing organisation came to us and they wanted these convert- converted chip containers. Right. Uh, then we convert into really nice accommodation, proper, well-insulated, well-finished, proper kitchens, proper bathrooms. Okay. Inside the shipping uh, container. Inside the shipping container. Fantastic. Um, nice picture windows. Mm. Um, so that really pushed us on. Mm. Um, uh, we were still helping those that were on the streets, helping them to access uh, rehabilitation centres, um, helping where we could in and around Newport. Mm. Um, because basically our, our focus, I suppose, had changed. Mm. But all along, we sort of looked at it with the housing. We felt that that's an area that we ought to be moving in. And God was definitely leading us that way. Sure, yeah. Uh, through the night shelter, we had, you know, if you look at it, we used to do over four months, uh, about 1,200 bed spaces. Wow. Uh, just in Newport. So... There's a definite need for it. A high demand, yes. Um, there's a lot of big houses out there, mm. a lot of big houses being built, but to actually get one-bedded accommodation, which with the government has changed to, mm. um, you know, it's just not available. No. So we looked at that, but also it, it showed that, um, unfortunately, due to their mental health or addictions, there was a lot of people that in those cold winter months were still on the streets. Right. Um, 
their mental health was stopping them going into hostels. They couldn't have lots of people around them. Right. They needed their own front door. Mm-hmm. And that's been our policy really with it. Uh, so over a couple of years, I'd been looking at pods, sleep pods. Mm. Um, and we came up with the design of an emergency urban sleep pod. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, while we were converting the containers, um, we also had a, a, a training program and we'd had people that had been long-term unemployed. Right. Some from prison that actually had been homeless. Okay. So they put a great input into the, the pods. And amazingly enough, um, they worked out extremely well first time. We have tweaked them um, quite a bit. Um, not that most people would actually notice, but it comes down to the building. You developed the design the, of the pods. Yeah, the overall yeah. design was the same. It was just that um, making them easier to build, manufacture, right? Yes, move them. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was a little bit heavy. Mm, right. Um, so we worked at it and launched them. Uh, approximately three years ago now, uh, huge, huge interest on them. Mm. Uh, not only over, all over the UK and Ireland, um, but we've had inquiries from America, Canada, Germany, mm. um, Australia even. Wow. Um, we've never actually connected with them. No. Um, but at the end of the day, we're here to raise the profile of homelessness. Of course. And um, it is really sad that uh, there's an attitude to people that are homeless, well, it's their fault. Sure. But very often it's sometimes their decisions that have got them into the area that they are. But initially, if you go right back, quite often it's a decision made by other people on their behalf. Mm -hmm. So... We kept going with the pods and it's been quite a, an uphill struggle because it is a totally different way of working with people. Mm, yes. The idea is that they're emergency, so it's not accommodation. No. It's somewhere where somebody can stay safe overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we say we want to make uh, safe spaces for people to recover. Yeah. That can be anything, jobs, money situations, mental health, whatever. Um, So with the pods, they can go in. And now it's become a help uh, for Amazing Grace Spaces, Um, a way of, uh, if we sell them to organisations or councils. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly, with COVID, we can't run our training programme at the moment, but we've had to keep going with them and keep building them and supplying but it's a way of getting uh, funding in to the main charity. Sure, yeah. Uh, for the other projects that we do. And they've developed. Uh, we've now got them in Plymouth, uh, Ilfacombe, Barnstable. Uh, shortly, uh, in about May, June time, we'll be in Exeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adelstone, uh, 
Birmingham, Bradford. So they're slowly getting out there. It's quite a wide reach, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is why AGS came about. Mm. Um, that it's not just local. No, not at all. It's something a lot wider. Uh, as I said, it's it's a way that you can, if you go to somebody that is sleeping in a tent and says, what can I do for you? Mm. Um, they might say, well, I want a sandwich. Mm. But most of them will turn around and say, have you got any accommodation? Yeah. Um, that isn't readily available. No. So if you can say, well, I haven't quite got that, but I've got a safe space. I've got a pod that you can sleep in. It's got a toilet. Um, it's got a, a phone charger. Uh, it's got a bed, mm. a light, totally self-contained, run by solar panels. So people can go there. There's electronic lock, so they haven't got to worry about keys, losing keys. There's only a code. Um, it's just that emergency safe space yeah sure and if people get uh, a good night's sleep they're easier to help of course they're more readily willing to try something new mm. so it's a way of moving people on um when we designed them uh, our local provider for methadone said it was the first thing that they could try on early prevent or early prevention Right, yeah. Um, because it's clean, it's tidy, it's safe mm. space. Uh, we have no illusions that people could take drugs in them or drink mm, in them. Of course, yeah. We're more concerned of people staying alive. Of course. So we can work on the, or they can be helped to work on their addiction. Yeah. If they're still alive. That's the main focus that we're at at the moment. Um we would like to get our training and mentoring program back up and running when COVID eases off and all the restrictions. Um, that would be a, an amazing thing because when we first started it, the guys that were being referred to us that had been homeless, they felt as though they were putting some back into society yeah. by helping doing the... Uh, module homes and uh, the pods. Um, we, our vision is to take that step further now um, to be able to have our own site locally um, that we can offer train, not only training, but mentoring uh, accommodation. So their own accommodation. Okay. Um, and a, a place where they can actually learn new skills. Mm. So that, that's our new outlook and looking at ways that we can provide good quality accommodation as cost effective of course. as possible. Mm. We're not talking cheap and nasty. It's got to be good quality accommodation, but designed for use and designed for purpose. Mm. Um, so therefore we're looking at um, solar panels grey water systems um, and we're looking for help and uh, people that can maybe sponsor us to, to be able to develop that of course um, through the other side of Amazing Grace Spaces 
Um, we've actually launched uh, just over 14 months ago uh, our first ladies house mm-hmm. uh, for people that have uh, gone through addiction or through um, domestic abuse um, a hard time mm. that want support to rebuild their lives um, they don't actually need rehab they've done that been there bought the t-shirt or something similar mm. but they need support to maybe start some volunteering mm. um, find a part-time job before they actually go into their own accommodation yeah so we've now got a, a five bed uh, ladies house which has been interesting because we opened just before the COVID lockdown. Right, okay. Gone all through lockdown. Um, some of the ladies came from prison. Right. Um, so it has been extremely interesting. Um, but that's going well. Good. Um, again, it's opened up another situation that that's great, but where do they move on to now? Of course, because it's like, it's like a transition, isn't it? That's so right. um, right. there's, there's a, always going to be a next step. And that's why we're looking at ways of um, obtaining move-on accommodation. That's our focus now over the next year. Right. Uh, move-on accommodation on the one side. Maybe that could be in on our other side with module homes. Mm. Um, you never know. You never know. Uh, we just got to keep going, head down, keep going. Uh, God's taking us on many a different journey, uh, brought us to the point we are now. It has been extremely hard. It's been very rewarding. Um, ask me on both days which one, or different days, which one that is, and you might get a different answer. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It's dealing with people. It's helping people. Of course. Uh, that isn't easy. No. Um, but God sent his son to help people. Absolutely. Uh, showed us the way. Um, very often we like the easy way of doing that. Mm. Um, and sometimes it is only the easy way that you need. Mm-hmm. A cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a piece of cake. Other times it's roll up your sleeves, get alongside people, sit on the gutter and see where, what you can do for somebody. Stuart, you mentioned um, it's hard, it's tough, which I can just imagine the sort of effort you have to put into producing the pods and, and working alongside the people you work with. A lot of people would be happy just to maybe donate something or just to leave it to somebody else. What's what's driven Amazing Grace Spaces to, to really get in into this area of helping people? What's the driving force behind you guys? What what makes you do what you do? Our faith is first and foremost the most important. Our relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, our relationship with the Father, uh, what he's done for us, what little we do is nothing what he has done for us. Okay, I understand. Um, so, for some people, um, over the years as I'm getting on now, um, 
there's been sort of teaching about how you can support people. Not everybody are ministers that preach from the front mm-hmm. or organize a church. Um, but if you look at what scripture shows uh, for not only the disciples, but for Jesus especially, as he taught his disciples, is to go out and meet people where they are. Mm. Um, to see what they what their needs are, to see what they want, and uh, it, as, uh, when I say it's hard, it is hard because you see some difficult things. Mm, I can imagine you, you see some really bad situations. Mm. Um, There's a, uh, a quote that I quite often use, Mother Teresa, that. Uh, she said that she sees Jesus in the most distressing disguises. Mm. And it's not always the, the the portrayal that we've given over the years of, of Jesus, a long hair, white uh, jacket or coat. Um, you can see these people where, you know, Jesus is there, mm. but they just don't know how to connect. They don't know how to reach out to him. Um, I remember my wife saying many years ago she took um, somebody down to one of the challenge rehabs, uh, was in a terrible state. Um, Actually, about three months later, um, his mother wanted to go and visit him. So Caroline said, yes, I'll take you. They didn't drive or anything. So took him down. And walking into the the place three months later, um, this guy had uh, changed the way he dresses, um, obviously combed his hair, cut his hair, uh, put on weight more than anything. His mother walked straight past him. Oh, right. She didn't recognise him because she hadn't remembered what he used to look like mm. before he got into the addiction. Mm. Um, little things like that can boost you on. I'm sure. Um, but what you always got to remember is not you doing it. It's it's God leading you to do it. Okay. Um, God is showing you. God asks every single one of us to do something. Mm-hmm. Doesn't demand that we do it. Uh, we don't earn our place in heaven but he asks us to work with him Mm -hmm. and to uh, reach people and for myself and my wife is to reach people that find it really difficult in society Mm. our vision really speaking and our ideal if you said for amazing grace spaces is not what we want. Mm-hmm. We want to see God shine through it. But we'd like to see a different way of accommodating people. I did some recently on the internet um, with housing, uh, looking up, you know, a student pays about £40 a month in utility bills. And really speaking, that could go up sixty pounds, eighty pounds quite easily. Yeah. Um, 
with what they call service charges, top-ups and what have you. If you were just coming back off the streets to have your bills as low as possible, mm. that is our aim. And that is why we're looking at the affordable housing. Mm. In an affordable housing model, affordable housing is expensive. Mm. And the way it's done in in the UK at the moment, it is exp- it's expensive to do and it's expensive to um, to actually live in. Mm. Uh, if we can actually bring it down, we can gain all around environmentally. Um, God's given us a wonderful world. Mm. Let's look after it. Um, but if we can bring the cost down, that will help that person help other people mm. because they can settle down. To give you an idea, one guy that we used to help years ago with the night shelter, etc., um, he was chaotic, very, very chaotic. Uh, great guy, got on with him well. He could be a complete nut nightmare. He could be a really great guy. Right. Um, but I sat down with him once and said to him, look, you've been on, how long you've been on the streets? He said, about 13, 14 years. I said, isn't it about time you went into accommodation? I actually called him at the right time and this changed my thinking. He said, um, yes, but while I'm on the streets, I've only got to think about me. Mm. I've only got to think of where I'm going to get the next meal. Mm. He was in addiction, so his next um, fix. He said, if I go into accommodation, he said, I've got to furnish it. Mm. I've got to look after it. I've got to worry about the bills that come in through the door. How am I going to pay them? Um, I've also got uh, people, neighbours. How do they look at me? How do I get on with them? What's expected of me? Mm. He said the pressure is enormous. Brilliantly, and praise God, he is now actually in accommodation. All oh, right, okay, brilliant. But it took an, at least another eight years on top of that. That's an awful long time, isn't it? You know, it is a long time um, to actually change your perspective. Mm. But that's what it takes. Mm. And if you've got to walk with somebody along that line, um, whether it's you for a, a very short period of time, mm. whether it's you for a, a long period of time, that's what it takes. Mm. You know, people are complicated. Um, so you've got to stand with them. So Stuart, with Amazing Grace Spaces, where do you see yourselves going in the next few years Retirement would be nice. All right. Um, no, you never retire in God's kingdom. Um, there's always something new um, to do, a uh, new vision. As far as Amazing Grace Spaces is concerned, um, it only came to me about a year back. Uh, I was talking to somebody and they said, uh, are you trying to set up uh, a Christian housing association? I'd never, ever thought of it. Um, and to be honest, no, I don't particularly want to do that. My concern and always has been over the years, 
uh, of working with people, getting involved with getting them into accommodation. Um, we say that we're free to mm-hmm. do what we like. Sadly, we're not. Mm. And the way we are on that ladder, as people say, um, what your status is uh, in culture, society, whatever you want to call it. Um, People like to see you in boxes. Mm. Um, This person fits in this box. God has shown us over the years the people that don't fit in boxes. They may fit a bit in this box and a bit in that box and a bit in another box. So therefore, if it was a housing association... It would be a housing association that offers people choice. Right. The choice is for the pods. Mm. It's limited. The pods are a vehicle. Mm. Help somebody get a space, safe space, sleep overnight. And in that, uh, our overall saying that we've got on our um, sweatshirts and t-shirts we can't change the world overnight only the overnight world so that's where we come from with the pods Mm. I would like to see pods available in every city Mm. uh, in church grounds car parks the one thing I would not like to see is them um put in a compound which has been said to me um, that with the pods they need to be monitored they need to be in close proximity within a fence with gated community that is not freedom no doesn't sound like it sounds more like a prison to Mm. be honest Um, that is not what we want to do with the pods Uh, it's their own front door Mm. it may be just the first rung on the ladder before they go to the next one we would like then to do our next project as I said earlier the next uh, call it a tiny house Mm. call it a tiny home Uh, cost effective Um, then move on to something else. But with support, Mm. that community spirit, not with the, everybody has to live in in a rule. Mm. There's always rules in society. There's a difference between a rule and being commanded what you can and can't do. For housing, if you've got the money, you can choose to live wherever you want. Mm. Even then you have some restrictions sure. as to how much you got mm. and whether they'll take you or not. <laughs> um, but for somebody that has been living on the streets or somebody that has lost a house, mm. somebody that has lost a, a relative, um, their family, mm. uh, job, and then ended up back down 
underneath the breadline. Mm. People talk very much of the breadline. And there's a whole society below the breadline that we don't see. Mm. Let's help those people. Let's get them up there. Let's give them dignity. That's where we would like to go. Mm. That's our vision. That's our um, focus. How can we get there? Not by our own strength. Mm. Uh, we need support. I was talking again to somebody the other day. If we want to do, uh, you can build passive houses. Um, for those that don't know, passive houses are ecological houses that mm. cost very little to run, highly insulated, all the bells and whistles on their um, technology. But with it, um, you could actually bring that down the level mm. or maybe several levels um, and that's what we're trying to do we like people if they can that has the expertise mm. come and work with us mm. give us a couple of hours of your time lend us your expertise um, let's find a way that we can offer something to somebody um it doesn't mean that we've all got to do it and spend loads of hours. There's so many people out there with tremendous knowledge, um, connections, etc. That really speaking, it'd probably be an hour of somebody's time. Mm. So you'd you'd welcome feedback and input from people out there about your projects and definitely and what what we can do and where you can take them. Yes. So yeah. it just doesn't mean that. You want people to give you money or you want people to come out onto the streets with you. You've got, um, you've got projects which require people's expertise and people's opinions and feedback. I think the sky, the, is it sky blue thinking or blue sky mm. thinking? Sure, sorry. Um, thinking outside the box, all sure. these, um, adjectives that people use. Mm. Um, let's do it. Mm. Let's look. We can do it if we want it for our own use. Of course. To make money for us. Mm. And then um, put £10 in a charity box or something mm. like that. I believe God, God has given everybody a resource. Sure. Has given everybody something that they can share. Mm. Um. If we did, all did that and cheer a little, mm. what could we do? Whether it's environmental, whether it's housing, whether it's feeding program. Mm. Over the, the COVID feeding programs are, are absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, the homeless hasn't gone aw haven't gone away. No. Um, it's been highlighted tremendously, but unfortunately it's going to come to a time when um, hotels that have been commandeered, people need their hotels back. Yeah, Those people are going to be back on the streets again. There isn't enough housing around and not enough affordable housing. No, sure. Let's have a look. Let's have a go. Let's, let's push the boundaries. Mm. Uh, we have done that right from word go with Amazing Great Spaces. We did it with 
um, the church run night shelters mm-hmm. earlier on in our lives. Um, I'd like to thank everybody that got involved in that. Um, my colleague, uh, Jade Sims, that is now, was Jade Holtham. Um, thank her for what she put in her. Um, she's actually now uh, our chairperson of our trustees. Oh, right. Brilliant. Um, so we've got people with heart. Um, I'm not looking for people that want to, um, want it for their own mm. use. I want people with heart. Sure. That can give. Um, it's not always about money. No. Money can come along afterwards, mm. which is happening with the pods. It took us an awful long time energy, effort, investment to actually get the pods where they are at the moment. Mm. Um, in business terms, it doesn't make sense. But if when I actually visited one site and spoke to a lady that had been on and off the streets for years, uh, had trouble with alcohol, um, they really struggled with, the, with any, any accommodation, but managed to settle her down in the pod. When she turned and I think these are great. Mm. She said, it's kept me alive all winter. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And it's as simple as that. That's it. So Stuart, isn't this primarily one of the basic functions of the church today to, to reach out and help homeless and, and the victims in, in our society? I'll ask you a question, Pete. Mm. What do you class as the church? We are the church. Each one of us. Um, for my my understanding, uh, churches are we where we get fellowship, where we get teaching. Um, it's when we walk outside the door. That's when the rubber hits the road. Mm. That's when you practice what you've been taught, what you've read in your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is. Um, a, a very um, wise pastor said many years ago, um, he said there should be no room for uh, organizations that help people other than very specialist organizations. Mm. He said because everybody should be doing it. He said, but sadly at the moment, not everybody's doing it. That is why my ministry is doing, or it wasn't, didn't say my ministry, my pe- the people that were helping in the ministry mm-hmm. were doing what they were doing. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we're the church, so I'm doing it. My wife's doing it. Our trustees are doing it. People that work with us or help us or do it. People that are doing food bank. Mm. Somebody that's bought a cup of coffee that they've seen somebody sat in a doorway, mm. they're doing it. They're the church. Mm. It's church without walls. Where I think we've felt for many, or I think from my perspective for many years, um, it's church as being um, a body mm. within a church. And it's only what is done in that body in that building counts. Mm. Um, 
from my perspective again, and this is my perspective, I'm not wish to upset anybody, but um, the disciples were set up to untrained and set off going to all the world and preach the gospel. Mm. Um, they didn't actually say, I can't see where they say go in and do this, that specific. Preach the gospel. Mm. Now, as I said earlier about Mother Teresa seeing Jesus in the most most distressing disguises. Mm. If somebody is in need, she met that need. Mm. Uh, in the Bible, Jesus saw that need, he met that need. Mm. If we see a need, it's up for us. Mm. Nobody's going to put the big stick on us if we don't do it. But maybe, as we've seen through COVID, that small act of kindness, that small... Um, comforting word. That's that's what the gospel's all about. So, Stuart, you've mentioned that you're you're more than happy for people to become involved with the projects, for people to give you advice and feedback, um, and and people are free to donate into the charity, um, Amazing Grace Spaces. How exactly can people get hold of you, reach out to you? Um, can you tell us how people can become involved in your projects? With technology these days, some of the technology I get involved in, some of it I don't. Um, But you will see that we've, uh, if you put into the any internet engine, amazing great, amazing grace spaces will come up. So amazinggracespaces.org is our website. Right. Um. If you go on there, you'll see our email, info at amazinggracespaces.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've got interest in any of our projects, anything, that's the real place to start. And you, you've got some social media? We've got Facebook. Okay. We've got Twitter. Those are all mentioned on our website. Brilliant. Um, I can sit here and give you a whole list of it, contact number, etc. cetera. Um, the one thing is, if you've got that and you go searching, mm-hmm. maybe you'll see other stuff mm. that's out there. Good idea. Um, we're not the only organization doing no. what we're doing. Um, so, go, you know, use it. Go on there. As I said, amazinggracespaces.org is our website. You'll find all our full details on there. You'll see our Facebook page. You'll see our Twitter feed. Um, something that I don't get involved with. Um, but you'll be able to contact us, get hold of us. And we are limited in our resources. Mm-hmm. There's not a huge amount of us. So bear with us if it's a day or so before you get an email back, mm. but we will contact you and get hold of you. And then if it's local or see what we can do to mm. help you. Yeah. Um, if it's something that you want to do, and it's not what we're doing at the moment, we can signpost you to other organisations. Fantastic. Similarly, also, anybody in specific need which might hear this podcast, they can also reach you through those channels? Yes. Excellent. Stuart, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really insightful, really, really grateful for you sharing. As Stuart mentioned, Amazing Grace Spaces has a website, which is amazinggracespaces.org. They're also on Facebook. They're also on Twitter. And you can contact them through any of these channels if you feel 
that you have something to offer. Maybe you have a special skill, you have some sort of gift that you think would help them, or you just have some feedback which you think will be useful to them in their journey. Please feel free to reach out to them. And also, you can contact any of our guests through our website, which is truthaccordingtofacts.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for more Truths According to Facts. Revealing the truth through facts.